0: Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. My name is Tony Sipp, and I'm here with Shannon Bells, our very distinguished guest that we have with us today. So we're just going to jump right into the conversation. Shannon, first of all, welcome. Thank you. Thank
1: you for having me. This has been a long time coming. I'm excited it to be here. <laughs>
0: That's very true. It has been. So I introduced you as Shannon Bells, but really your full name is Shannon Lex Bells. Can you explain your middle name?
1: Well, with a middle name like Lex, it seems like I was born into doing law. Lex is <laughs> Latin for law. Right. Um, I, wish, I wish I could say that my uh, parents had the foresight to name me after my, my career ambitions. But the reality is my dad's middle name is Lee, and my uncle's name was Rex. And he mixed them together to make Lex. Oh. So uh, my family being from Oklahoma, none of them know Latin. So I'm, I'm pretty sure it was just a, a, a good... A happy coincidence.
0: That is excellent. That's a great story.
1: So we'll go into your expertise.
0: Most of you don't know. if Shannon, if you can tell a little bit about yourself. I saw you walk across the stage and win uh, the ITLAW Award, which is
1: a very distinguished award, and you won the Lifetime Achievement Award. Is that correct? I did. Yeah, I was so honored to be recognized for that. You know, I immediately got the calls for, are you you Know on your way out, you know, <laughs> how old are you? Um, so I'm still here. I, I got kids to put through college. Um, I am gonna be working for a long time, so don't count me out yet. <laughs>
0: I, I don't think anybody will. In fact, you wrote a book that people can go out and purchase, and maybe we can get that on the website at some point. The book is called <laughs> A Trial Presentation Companion. Everybody should run out and grab that book. Um, it's a very Interesting read. So, Shannon, tell me, why did you decide to write that book?
1: Well, you know, there's a lot of standards around the entirety of the EDRM, so the litigation lifecycle. And at the time, there were no standards around trial presentation. And what I found was that firms, courts, governments were really doing, doing it wrong. You know, I mean, it was really, it's a tragedy, especially when you see a multi-million dollar firm walk into the courtroom unprepared. And over time, uh, you know, I, I had the amazing testbed of working at uh, Munger, Tolls & Olsen to kind of perfect the craft and find what worked. And i I was incredibly fortunate to have a firm that has committed so many resources to trial, right? And it really... Blew my mind that there were firms out there that would say something like, well, the client didn't pay for a hot seat. So you're just on your own when you go to court or, or, um, you know, or they would trick some poor paralegal or, or a new associate or it person to go to court with them with little to no experience and say, you're going to juggle all these other tasks and do that easy trial presentation stuff on the side. And what law firms get wrong, they, there's, there's a couple of buckets with, that they get wrong when they go to trial. And one is, you know, do they have the right equipment and software? Do they have the right workflow to go to trial? And do they have the right skills to go to trial? I think hot seating itself is a profession onto itself. So uh, uh, if you have a mildly complex trial it's probably a good idea to have a professional hot seat there. If you're a, a paralegal or a new associate or something along those lines, and you have a limited set of data and hopefully no video to cut, you know, it's something that's approachable to you and can increase your skill set and, um, you know, potential um, opportunities at, at the firm or, or as a as a consultant and, and uh, get you out there and maybe making some more money and doing some more interesting things.
0: There you have it. There you have it. And to tie into what you just uh, discussed with us, as a trial tech specialist, can you tell us why jurors prefer to see technology used during trials?
1: So it's, um, you know, I think it's kind of the TV effect, right? Mm. Where uh, people have seen all of these great, you know, performances on TV and they, expect a great performance out of the legal team that is doing the trial that they're they're attending, right? And they might be let down if they don't live up to the expectation of not wasting their time and making it interesting and telling a good story. And all of those things are elements to a good performance at trial.
0: So you set up like it suits the show and make it look like it's an incredible, incredible atmosphere, just like, just like on TV.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I wrote this book on, on trial technology, and um, you might be surprised to know that my favorite piece of technology in the courtroom is actually the document camera. <laughs> um, I think the document camera, if used appropriately and with discretion, you know, at the right time, that it might be the most effective tool, one of the most effective tool in the courtroom, because it, decision makers have become slide blind after uh, you know the first thirty slides, and people are going up and 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 not legal teams, not you know are, are often making poor decisions about what they display in court and how they display it. And my The way I think about it is that you should have a varied display that has that operates different pieces of technology in the courtroom. So I like, you know, PowerPoint. I like uh, good trial presentation software and then boards and the document camera all to hold decision maker interest and um, keep everyone kind of on their toes as to what is being displayed at any any given moment. Uh, and, and what I say, like, about the document camera is that you get some movement, right? Okay. You, it, it sounds dumb, <laughs> but you get the document camera and, and, and there's a technique to it, right? Where you you put your document under it, you get some thick markers hmm. and don't be afraid to put your hands under there and, you know, big, broad strokes, scribble, do all these things because that's interesting to decision makers, Right. Look, it, it probably wouldn't be interesting to my kids, but if we're all trapped in this courtroom, you got to find a way to keep it interesting because you always have the sleeping juror, right? Right. And so movement helps. Um, scribbling, the colors, they can't read ahead if you're going to write like the three points you're going to make or something along those lines. And so the first thing I like is the document camera followed by the use of color in trial presentation software because I hate the yellow wall everyone, everyone uses, you know, just yellow highlights. Right, right. And... um attorneys are afraid to let people, let their teams kind of go wild with it, (laughs) right? And when you, I'll tell you, my experience has been when using color and underline and all the circles and features like that, it keeps people interested. And I've heard that from jurors at every single trial I've ever used that technique in, but attorneys don't want to let you go wild with it because you might Underline the wrong word. And I, my, my uh, counterpoint to that is just go with it. Let go. You, know, you got <laughs> to keep going there.
0: Take some risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, you've been quoted as saying basic legal technology skills are foundational for today's legal market. Why did you say that? And why can you expand on that?
1: Well, I truly believe that everyone needs to work from a foundation of uh, technical competency. And over time, we've seen everyone have to level up their their technical skills. So, I mean, think about where we are today in terms of writing an email or creating a document using Word versus, sorry, I'll date myself, 10 or 20 years ago, where an assistant, then called a secretary, right. <laughs> would type out the email for an attorney, right? Right. And now we're getting into further and further expectations where people should be with technology skills in their toolkit, so to speak. And I think that's always, always raising. And um, I think people make some assumptions sometimes about their technical skill sets, but uh, um, we should all always be embracing new skill sets as we move forward.
0: Okay. So you you teach as well for, I believe you're an adjunct professor for UCLA as well as uh, Santa Ana College, right? Yeah. So is this what you are teaching your students or you letting them know that your skill set can't just be what what it was before it has to be a higher level so that because jobs are looking for that they're looking for a skill set that is above the basics
1: yeah i mean not only do i tell my students that i have to tell myself (laughs) right yeah that's true (laughs) because right you know, we all go through periods of reinvention. You know, hopefully we we analyze ourselves over time and kind of think about, you know, where are we and what do we need to do to stay relevant and keep current with the skills that we need to have. And man, there's been times where I've gone, geez, I, I need to hit the books because I don't know what the heck that person's talking about.
0: You know? right. <laughs>
1: right. And so I hit the books or, you know, go talk to my peers. And, and that's why I think, you know, podcasts like this and ILTA and EDRM and ACEDS and and groups like that are so great at uh, the learning function that we have. The, the, the biggest challenge I have as a manager is keeping everyone's skills up. It's everything's changing so rapidly. And so, uh, creating content and and finding the right content is, 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 is the biggest challenge.
0: Yeah. I understand that Shannon, we're going to have to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, folks, welcome back. My name is Tony Sip and we're here with Shannon Bales. Shannon, do you believe that technology is a great equalizer? And if so, why?
1: I absolutely believe that. And I have, um, you know, probably the stress lines on my face to prove it because, you know, I'll tell you that the most worthy opponents from a technical perspective, you know, take the lawyers out of the trial. I know we shouldn't take the lawyers out of it, but let's take the lawyers out of the trial for a second. But the most worthy opponents that we've had um, when it comes to, um, you know, exchanging exhibits and having relevant content on the screen and um, a good presentation environment, have come from firms that have been extremely technically competent. And to this day, I still mention, I I don't remember the firm name, but I think the most effective firm that we went up technical-wise was a two-attorney firm with a single paralegal. Wow. And that paralegal did yeoman's work, I will tell (laughs) you. I mean, um, they did it all. And... It was one of the most challenging cases to make sure we kept up in a. They raised the bar, in other words, when we got to trial, and we had to adjust our own strategy so that we we stayed relevant and with the ex- ex- expectation of the jury. And that's not usually the case. Usually, we're the ones leading because we have the great commitment to technology, and we're the ones doing it. Now we held our own. We did great, you know. We, you know, when when you have the commitment of a firm behind you, you know, we can make changes. But I've been really shocked at times with especially big firms that don't have their house in order and are giving themselves a disadvantage when it comes to going to court. The thing that we're all here to do, you know, the end widget that we make is going to court. And you'd be surprised how many firms don't have a workflow associated with getting a laser pointer to the guy or girl at trial uh, that needs a laser pointer because or, or the batteries or whatever yeah, it is the batteries when usually. they're two blocks away from the courthouse, right? Right, right.
0: There's no Radio Shack anymore.
1: <laughs> There's no Radio Shack anymore, but, you know, it, it's as if they haven't given any thought to, um, you know, that something could go wrong and we need to get them something, right? When I was a consultant, we heard things like, yeah, I don't have permission to leave the office. You know, this is pre-pandemic. You know, we we don't have permission to leave the office to go the two blocks to take you the, the lazy, you know, whatever it is. Wow. You know? or, <laughs> wow. Or, um, you know, I have five calls ahead of you. You know, and I can't imagine telling someone at trial there's five calls ahead of
0: you. No, that, that wouldn't or fly.
1: My other, I guess my pet peeve is uh, firms that, you know, firms that uh, are big dollar firms that don't have the adequate equipment, mm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a spend, it costs money, but you also are generating you know, high quality work product that enhances the value of your lawyers, which is exactly what you wanna do.
0: Exactly, that, that's well said. So can you name one thing that you believe legal professionals, you've been touching on it the whole podcast, but can you name one thing that you believe legal professionals need to evaluate themselves on?
1: I mean, I think we we hit on it a little bit, but I think we should all be just in a constant state of self-evaluation. And I'm looking at things now, and maybe I'm behind by not already having this, but, uh, you know, like the information privacy professional certification, maybe, or I recently took the LinkedIn Microsoft Gen AI certificate, um, went through that. There's so much out there now. And, You know, navigating that process can be frustrating, but I think as long as you're making a commitment to leveling up your own skill set, you're not always going to hit the target on the head with whatever the skill set of choice is for the week, like Gen AI came on us really quick,
0: right? Right, Very quick.
1: But, you know, you're not going to be hurt by getting that certified information privacy professional certificate, right? That's not going to hurt you. Knowing how to use trial software or do some sort of AI routine in relativity isn't going to hurt you, you know?
0: Right, right. So having those letters after your name is a benefit.
1: I I think yes and no. For a while I went and got the certifications and I I, I don't know that they were really respected industry-wide, but I think there's been kind of a turn in the last couple of years where I think the certifications are becoming more important. Um, I don't think it hurts you to get any of them to kind of think about what's going to help your career the most where it is. You know, there's a lot of great people in the industry. Um, I look to, like, Sheila Grigla out of the San Diego Paralegal Association, Joy Moral. You know, there's so many great people out there. Um, you know, Mary and Kaylee from the oh, EDRM. yes. <laughs> uh, you know, that just... Will do bend over backwards to um, help connect you with the right resources. And I, I would say, along with all that education, participation in the industry is a key to success. So, you know, uh, you and I, the, the reason why I'm doing this podcast today is you and I met up again at a uh, networking event over at Joy Morales Practice Align Resources. And you know it was a okay turnout. What was it, twenty or thirty yeah, that's people? About right. But I would think that LA law firms could generate five hundred people or a thousand people to show up to a networking event.
0: I take your point.
1: <laughs> and and you know we don't we see a lot of people who kind of go. Well, I don't know why this is happening or that is happening. But did you attend anything? No. Did you? did you participate in some industry event? No. Did, you know, what, what are you, did you go to some Saturday thing that everyone hates? You know, no, you know, I mean, but participate and and I think it builds the connections that you want and it, the more important connection that I've received out of participation is education. Oh. So being able to go to someone and say, you know, I don't have the budget to pay for your software class, right? Like Reveal has been really good to me in terms of, you know, going to them and saying, hey, I don't, I don't have budget to get the education that you guys offer. Can you guys help me out? You know, can you, you know what, what can you do? And they have been so amazing at, you know, helping us with the, they, and they have a great um, education, uh, online education program.
0: Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, that
1: leads to a certification. I, I, I love their, I love their programming. And so that only comes with the relationships that are out there. And so I always tell people participation is key. I tell my new students participation is key. None of them, you know, half, half of, you know, <laughs> you, you say that and then two out of a class of 20 actually send you a LinkedIn request.
0: Right, right. Right. That's it's it's key to your career. I, I, I do the networking thing and I tell people you've right. got to network. You want your next job? That person's probably at the paralegal association right there.
1: And well you know people don't know what networking means. And right. they think uh, you know, it, it's more than just showing up. It's participating, and that means at some point someone's gonna need a job and you gotta lift a finger, you gotta check your own firm's website to see if there's anything available and take that extra step to make the introduction okay good move um whatever it is hey joe blow jane blow needs a job right and they're looking right times are tough times are not tough whatever no one in hr is gonna if that person turns out to be a bust um no one's gonna turn around and come back to you and say you gave us a you know (laughs) know? well they might say give you some a hard time about it but you know, at that point, they've gone through half a dozen people. You're not vouching for their personal credibility. You're just saying, hey, here's a person I know that I met. And, and uh, maybe we should consider him for that that position. So, so you got to do something.
0: Yeah. We'll be right back with our conversation with Shannon Bells. Shannon, just listening to you, I'm always fascinated about the things that you've accomplished. Did this career choose you or did you choose it?
1: <laughs> I actually... I guess I was lucked into it, you know, Mm -hmm. like, this is a long time ago. So one of my first professional jobs, semi-professional jobs, I was a clerk at the County of Orange. And I started doing all the databases for the County of Orange, Uh, well, for my group. And then people outside of my group started having me do their databases, right? And I wasn't a database person, I was a clerk. (laughs) And they were paying me like, $10.25 an hour. And they started having people come that were consulting at 250, this is a long time ago, still making a lot of, $250 an hour. And I can remember saying, you know, when I had my review, can I have the three-step 75-cent-an-hour raise? And someone saying, no, (laughs) your desk is messy, so you're getting the two-step raise. (laughs) And I said, well, but I provided, like, a million dollars of value to the county last year, and they say they said, "Well, we really value a clean desk." <laughs> well, my desk is still messy. You know? <laughs> my desk is really messy now. That's why you get the blur. But <laughs> but um you know that kind of motivated me to kind of think about things. And so where the luck came in, I had two very fortunate events. A couple of fortunate things happened. One, so I was kind of ticked after not getting my three-step raise of the county. Sure, And my uh, dad, who was a lifelong county, senior county employee, was a property tax guy in charge of boats and planes. And one day he was outside when he smoked. He doesn't smoke anymore. Smoking a cigarette and some other dude came up and started smoking a cigarette and struck up a conversation. And he was like, well, my yacht is uh, needs to be reevaluated for tax purposes, and of course, it was an attorney. Right, so this is where the luck came in. My dad helped him out, and goes, "Oh, hey, my son, he's. I think he's a computer guy. I wasn't really a computer guy, but I think you know he's a computer guy. You have any jobs at that place you're working at?" And he goes, "Here, let me give you a name." And he threw out a name. So I went, and I was like, "Dad, come on, you're embarrassing me. These people <laughs> don't want to be, you know." And so I went into it with total reckless abandon, you know, the interview, you know, where you don't really, you know, you You don't don't care care if you get it or not. So you you give it all, right? And they hired me. (laughs) And I was just sitting there literally praying with my dad saying, man, dad, if I go from 19,000 to 23,000, I'm out of this county job. And uh, their first offer was like forty five thousand dollars, and I nearly, I I near, and and it was as a um, like a like a uh, IT professional and like kind of a glorified help desk kind of person um, at the time where they were rolling out computers and hardware and all that kind of stuff. And I loved it. I I loved what I was doing. But I was an IT guy, and then I ran into Ron Deutsch, who is an industry legend as well. He was at that that uh, networking event. Yeah,
0: well. it was such a small group. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. sure I shook and, hands uh, with him.
1: And Ron gave me some uh, uh, litigation support skills. And the firm I was at was like, hey, you know, would you rather do this thing over here? And I really, like, you know, went back and forth. What should I do? But I, I, I was so interested in it because it got me involved in law and technology mm. that I, I loved it. And it's been something that I've loved doing ever since, and I haven't really looked back. And there's been so many key people along the way, like Joy Morale and Trish Fettig, who was uh, my first manager back at Gibson, you know, and all these people who took an active interest in my development and helped me out and gave me good advice. You know, as a young person, you don't always, uh, without a mortgage and without kids, you know, (laughs) you, you don't always make the best decisions, you know, when you're at work, right? Right. You know, because you're thinking, "Wow, I could... You know, and at the time, you could just walk out and walk into another technology job anywhere. But um, they really helped keep me grounded and and uh, on a good path. So um, that's how I got my start, and my opportunities came by participating, as I mentioned before, and making myself available uh, for those. You, you know, that, you know, a lot of people. I'll give you an example. Um, when I was going to Cambodia to work for the UN for a period of time, I I could bring I, they said, "Hey, if you want a, an intern or, or someone, you know, we we can hire someone or bring them on short term." And I made that opportunity available to anyone I met. And out of the everyone that said, "Hey, I wanted to go," one person actually went. Wow! So I helped that one person go, but probably only two or three ever followed up on the opportunity to go to Cambodia and be part of the UN War Crimes Tribunal and. You know, it wasn't a huge commitment. It was like two weeks or a month or something like that. Right. And it was life-changing for them. And so you got to be ready for something good to happen to you or it's not. And, and then be available to let it happen.
0: Luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So yeah. that, that's great. And I love that you give back as well, because you've been giving up your Saturdays to help students and kids on this path to be you, if not better than you. When they get done, so I, I, I applaud you for all of your efforts. I applaud you for being here. Um, I really wanted to do this for a long time, and I will be hitting you up regarding Maui. <laughs> <I'm> talking <laughs> oh, yeah, about, that. about that, <laughs> so uh, I'll say goodbye. Uh, this has been the Paralegal Voice. Have a wonderful day. See you next time.